Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Previously on Nintendo Cartridge Society. Mark, how dare you show your face here after you after what you did to Lamont's twins? Patrick, I came back for one reason. I'm having Lamont's baby. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how you doing? I'm doing great. I am super excited for the finale of WandaVision tomorrow. Yep. Um, yep. We are letting this excitement seep into the show. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. This is the one time that we're letting our Marvel fandom creep <laughs> into the show. Normally, we're very restrained. People are like, Marvel yes. what? I've never heard about that on this show. They never talk about it. They never say, I'm all in at this point. They never say, Disney can take my money. Um, Mark, two things that we need to address. Obviously, as we record this, we are on the four-year anniversary of the Switch being released. Um, have you done any you know, look back in the now high school-length uh, tenure of, of the Nintendo Switch? Uh, and, and have you felt anything about your time? Wow, with it? that's wild. I didn't even consider it like that. Our little baby's growing up. Yeah, it's true. It started as a freshman, as all babies do. <laughs> and now it is graduated. So wow. that is the first milestone. Second milestone is, of course, this is our, the 100th episode that we have reco- recorded uh, remotely uh, since the pandemic began. This is our 100th episode uh, not being in the same space together. Man, that is also wild. It's, Yeah. And I feel like the one we recorded right before was we had a guest. And so it was like a real, like, spectacular. And then, yeah, that's wild. That's really crazy. We had done a little bit of like a run of spectaculars because uh, Ryan Mogi was on for the Valentine's Day show. And then we had Colin on uh, a couple weeks later. And then it was, bam, lockdown. And then we've been there for 100 episodes. Yeah, that's so, that's so weird. Well, here's to 100 more, right, Patrick? Here's, oh, Mark, how dare you? <laughs> Someday we'll be in the same room. Until then, though, you can borrow my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. If that's something you're interested in, uh, all you got to do is email us at NintendoCartridgeSociety at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. And give us a mailing address, a place where we can mail my copy of this game to, for you, to play um and look I, I pay for postage both there and back it costs you nothing one uh minor hiccup is you may accidentally get untitled goose game uh you know you can't you can't stop the goose uh he's in there to spoil all of our plans the other thing you can do when you're sending us an email is you can enter our contest to win an eShop code for tokyo mirage sessions sharp fe encore on the nintendo switch um, it's a code for the U.S. Switch eShop. All you got to do to enter is write in to us by emailing us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. And in the subject line, put Sharp FE. That's Sharp, like the uh, pound or hashtag sign FE. And in the body of the email, tell us who your Mirage would be. 
So a mirage is like an avatar in battle or somebody who gives you strength. It can be a Nintendo character. It can be a non-Nintendo character. It can be anything you want. Um, but to get that to us by March 15th, we're going to take all the entries. We're going to be randomly selecting a winner. So we're loving like all, everything you're writing, but like that's not how we're judging who wins. We're not judging who wins at all. It's all up to the random number generator. That is right. But look, that is not a reason to slack on writing these, uh, writing the descriptions of who your mirage is. Mark, you have you to. Any- you <laughs> please give it some thought mark have you considered who your mirage would be Ooh, don't tell um, me if you have if okay, you have don't right. tell me yet <laughs> okay all right i will i will save it for uh when we reveal the winner <laughs> you were like getting ready to pounce you were like I, I, I i'm gonna come up with this answer okay well tables turned and same yeah. thing i don't want to know but have you considered who your mirage would be no i okay. have not <laughs> um mark Let's get into our main topic. Let's talk some Mario Vision. Okay, so first, I think off the bat is uh, we this will this is now us giving space to uh, whatever we want to talk about uh, as far as Wandavision is concerned. Uh, obviously, we have seen up through episode eight at this point. So if you do not want to be spoiled. On WandaVision's episode one, uh, WandaVision episodes one through eight, uh, skip ahead a little bit. Um, but uh, Mark, I, I am uh, shocked at how much I am enjoying uh, this experience. I really like uh, that Marvel is taking the sort of basic Marvel movie formula and uh, where there once was a fight scene or an action sequence of some kind, they're like, no, we're just going to insert a uh, sit a classic sitcom homage and like that'll be that is the new action sequence uh, and then using that to actually like tell a story about like grief and uh like how you move on from like a big tragedy i'm really i'm really loving this show yeah me too i before it started airing you and i were talking and i think i mentioned like how much i wanted it to be weird like i yeah. knew that eventually it would have to get to like the more standard marvel stuff um, but I wanted it to like take its time to get there. And I feel like it has achieved for me like a good balance of that. And even the, totally. the like more marvel stuff, like the, the stuff with um sword, I don't care that much about, but the way that like uh, outside the bubble, like as outside Westview has been handled, like um this last episode where we just got kind of uh, pieces of Wanda's life. I, I, I just thought that was like really remarkable and, um, it was just, it was just nice. Like these are care, like Scarlet Witch is not a character that I cared at all about in the movies. Um, yeah. and like, she has a relationship with vision, but it's one of those things where like, they're not main characters. So not, no time is really spent on it. So, right. Ha- and it, it also feels a little bit like an obligatory relationship too, right? Like yeah. they have oh, a relationship totally. in the comics, so they have it here. Yeah. So to have, so to have it kind of like pay off in the tv show and actually like i don't know i enjoy the episodes just because i like spending time with these characters and i don't think i ever would have said that before this absolutely well and also like you know romance is not well well like shipping the characters and like they're sort of being you know the relationship between like tony and pepper is obviously one that like we sort of hold like in the abstract but like in their movies they're not like good for each other or good with each other um, and ditto, like, 
uh, Cap and Peggy, right? Like, we like seeing them together at, at the end of um, Endgame, but, like, the Marvel Universe isn't really one to let us, like, be with the characters as they're in a relationship. Um, and WandaVision is bucking that trend and being like, no, we're going to see several episodes of them being together, even if it's in this weird, like, Twilight Zone-y, um, you know, TV experiment. Yeah. And it's just, I, uh, I also just think the, like, different genres that we've seen of TV show, like, I think that was really fun. I think all of the music is so mm -hmm. good. Like, I like all the theme songs. I like the score. Like, uh, I'm just, I guess I'm, like, really impressed. Like, before WandaVision kicked off, I was looking forward to it, but I was, I wasn't like, oh, man, like, I need more Marvel in my life. And now that, like, I, I am totally hooked again, where it's like, yeah. oh, geez, like, I can't wait to see, like, more of Wanda in, uh, like, Doctor Strange. Words that I never thought I would say, like, being, like, looking forward to a new Doctor Strange movie. Yeah, I remember being a huge grump outside of the theater after we saw Doctor Strange and being like, I didn't like it very much. Um, but now, yeah, I'm, like, super stoked for the next one. Yeah. Darn you, Marvel. Um, darn you, Marvel. Um, I also think it is, nope, I started down that sentence and did not have <laughs> an end to it. I thought for sure that I had something to say about it. Well, and sometimes you just got to barrel towards the end and hope your brain catches up. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Where you're like, come on, brain, you can do it. <laughs> um, oh, I do like how uh, you, you were mentioning like that, that the sword stuff is um, either like sort of weak or like we're still kept a little bit too much in the dark, I think, as to like what is actually going on with sword like there are too many machinations sort of behind the scenes there um but i like the cast that they have assembled mm -hmm. um like i i like having dr darcy lewis she's a doctor um i like seeing jimmy woo um and i like monica rambo like i think they're they're a cool team i think the the dude who plays um hayward the the sword director is a little like stilted and strange like i don't totally buy his performance um but like the rest of it all like were is is still weird enough for me mm -hmm. yeah i agree hayward is super bland where it's like super bland. I, are you i i just don't i don't get it like and i think you're right the part of the problem is like we're not supposed to understand what his motivations are but it just makes it really difficult to care yeah yeah and i guess there is something compelling about the like the big bad guy just being like an ineffective boss like that's that's funny i i do i do like that but i don't um, think it's like i feel like it's not played that way yeah 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 you're right but i guess like what i has been interesting to me about this whole like marvel tv series exercise and i'm interested to see how it continues in um you know like uh uh falcon and the winter, falcon soldier. And the winter soldier or loki yeah it's just like oh yeah being able to spend more time with these characters and like not in an ensemble setting it has its like more satisfaction than i was counting on and so i am that has raised my interest a little bit more in falcon and the winter soldier which before just looks very standard like marvel movie to me which is not a bad thing i enjoy those but um i'm glad the wandavision came first because i think it yeah. has enough unique elements that it makes me more interested to see what they're doing with like Falcon or with Winter Soldier. Like, do they also benefit from not being in the ensemble anymore? I, 
I imagine that they will benefit uh, in, in the way that you're describing. But I think one of the things that's just so special about WandaVision is that, um, you know, it, it has this like, epi- like literally episodic structure where like there isn't a way to do the WandaVision story as they're doing it in a movie format. Like it just doesn't make sense, right? Yeah. Whereas I sort of expect that if you were to cut the episodes of Falcon Winter Soldier together, that it would make sense as a, a, a movie that's too long, a, a Justice League Snyder cut <laughs> movie, right? Um, but like, you know, WandaVision, you need the first and second episodes to be separate episodes of TV because yeah, they're episodes true. in her Th- universe, you know? That's really, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, any other thoughts on WandaVision before we move on to our exercise here, Mark? No, I think let's, uh, let's do it. Let's get into it. Okay, so the premise that we have laid down for ourselves, and I don't know that this necessarily tracks or makes perfectly logical sense, but it's a fun idea, um, is that we are going to do some Mario slash Nintendo, and it's like Nintendo classic TV mashups, right? If you and I found ourselves in the Scarlet Witch's position of having infinite power, struck by grief, (laughs) retreating into our memories... And we had to mash together the two things that bring us comfort, TV and video <laughs> games. <laughs> what worlds, what shows would our grief-addled brains generate using our magic powers, right? Is that the yes, premise? <laughs> that is exactly the premise. So we are going to, um, I think you and I both have pitches for sitcoms or TV shows from one, two, th- six different eras. We're going to do the 50s and 60s as kind of like one era together. Um, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the aughts, and then uh, like the 2010s. Yeah, and for for me, I tried always to like lead with the idea of do a sitcom. Um, but there were a couple times where I was led astray, and I was like, "Sorry, this other thing that's not a sitcom takes definite priority here." Um, as in my first example, but I will hold on that until uh we we get into it. Um, were you able to, were you sticking mostly to sitcoms or h- how are you approaching it? Well, unfortunately when we, when this idea got pitched, like I already had one stuck in my brain and it was not a sitcom. So I knew from the outset that I was not right. going to be able to hold faithful to sitcoms, but m- the majority of what I came up with are in fact comedies. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, great. Uh, should we start in the fifties and sixties? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I will go first. Um, because this is something that as I am uh, imagining it, I cannot tell you whether I am more interested in this idea as a television show or as a video game. We are approaching the Twilight Zone. So like one-off sci-fi, uh, like high concept stories through the lens of Earthbound or the Mother series. So like still using that like weird kind of Americana, like what the Japanese think American life is like, um, sort of lens, uh, and like sort of seen through. Earthbound is so weird to me, man, because the aesthetics are simultaneously the 1980s and the 1950s at the same time. Um, and, and like baseball is everything and like people are doing karate and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like I, w- I was playing a little Earthbound earlier today to sort of like refresh myself on just like the flavor of that game and like every town that you go to has like three or four different little like very strange things happening in that town um you know i'm i'm in a town right now where uh, everyone is worshiping the color blue 
um, and they're painting everything blue and there's like a blue cult. Um, so like, that's a whole episode uh, of uh, Twilight Zone style. Um, and you don't have to be in that for any longer than like half an hour. Tell one uh, story in that style and then like move over to a different part of the uh, Earthbound universe. And again, this would be a kicking video game. Yeah. Wouldn't that, it be cool? That would be really cool. Also, that's a great idea. Um, this idea for like a Twilight Zone anthology series. Uh, mm-hmm. Even you could, like you were saying, like directly take these stories or worlds from Earthbound or other RPGs and just like use that to tell, um, yeah, like this like 30 minute to one hour story. Yeah, and, we, and look, then we wouldn't have to get stressed out about starting another 60-hour RPG that you know you're not going to finish. <laughs> All right, so my 50s slash 60s pitch is I want to do a Monkeys-style sitcom, but it is starring the Toad Brigade from uh, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker fame. <laughs> Amazing, yes. And so, yes, they, like, they all live in a house. Uh, they all love surfing. And they are all in a band. So these these guys are playing right, well, music hold on, hold together. Yeah. Is, is Captain Toad also uh, cowardly when it comes to like? Does he have crippling stage fright? <laughs> I yes, I think he probably does. Right, that's part of his like mm-hmm. character. That's what makes him relatable and lovable. Yes. Um, I feel like probably like Hint Toad is like the. Toad is obviously the nerdy one. He's the blue one that has glasses. Um, right. Toadette, I feel like, probably not part of the band, but is definitely, but is maybe like their manager. Like she's the brains. Toadette is for yeah. sure the brains of the operation. Um, the other ones like Bank Toad and Mail Toad, they they're like around, right? Like they maybe don't have uh, the most distinct personalities, but you need that whole like group dynamic. Um, the one thing that I hope from this is that like this group of uh, this group that is put together for the purposes yeah. of this sitcom will eventually break through their corporate masters and be like, no, we are real artists. And then they're going to make like a weird like full length feature movie. Basically, I want the Toad Brigade to follow the path of the monkeys very closely. So do you do you have like uh, a, a sort of like one for one like so yeah obviously like the four toads are like are, are in the, in the band but like is one of them michael nesmith is one of them davy jones like who do, do you have like a, a one for one here or not so i actually think i think captain toad is probably the davy jones character only because yeah. i imagine that captain toad is like a heartthrob right like teen right. girls love captain toad and why would you not like i get it I like that they uh I, I'm looking at a picture of the monkeys right now as they are featured on, on Wikipedia just to refresh myself. Because I could really only think of uh Davy Jones and Michael Nesmith and I couldn't remember the names of the other two. Mickey Dolans I should have been able to get. Um but Peter Tork? I would have missed that one altogether. Um but their hair looks like uh toad hats, right? Oh yeah, it does kind of. Yeah, it does. I mean I didn't think about that, but uh the synergy was there all along. Um, this is good, Mark. I, 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 I like this uh, idea for a show a lot. I'm also imagining that they're just going to be speaking in their normal toad voices and, of course, singing in their normal toad, vo- toad voices. But in the world we live in, people love it. Right. Like, right? Like, this is, we crave the sweet, sweet sounds of toads harmonizing. 
Um, so they're they're obviously in the Mushroom Kingdom, or are they like touring in the real world? Are they a I sensation think... because they're in the real world? <laughs> no, I think it's like an Alvin and the Chipmunk situation where like nobody mm. pays it any mind. Like nobody's like, oh weird, there's a bunch of toads that are like singing. It's just yeah. like, oh no, we love these toads. It is wild that no one in the Alvin and the Chip- Chipmunks universe pauses even for a second to consider the three foot tall chipmunks <laughs> singing in screeching high voices on this record. Um, all right, uh, Mark, that is very good. Would you like to pitch your seventies then we can go, we can go, yes. like, swap like that. So, uh, long time listeners of this show know that I love, um, <laughs> lady detective shows and murder. She wrote is one that I like a lot. And recently I have started getting into Columbo. And so, what I am envisioning is a Columbo-style detective show. And uh, for those of you who are like me, who d- d- didn't really understand the premise of Columbo, but basically, Columbo is you know from the beginning who the killer is in any given episode. Who the episode. killer is, how they did it, how yeah. they're going to try to get away with it. You know everything because you see it happen at yeah. the beginning of the episode. And then Columbo like comes in maybe like a third of the way through or whatever. And the rest of the <laughs> episode, wild. the rest of the episode is just like the, uh, like the circle, like getting closer and closer as Columbo eventually figures it out. And it doesn't seem like it work. It should work, but it does. It's really entertaining. Um, yeah. Well, and like sort of to that point, like Columbo, first of all, the second he appears on the scene, he knows what happens, what happened, right? Like he has everything figured out and it's all about spending enough time with the person that he thinks did it to basically make them confess or make them talk themselves into a corner it's an amazing show yeah well and not to get too sidetracked but one of the things that's cool about it is with like a whodunit like murder she wrote you the the whole thing is predicated on the mystery and a lot of times the, yeah. there's no way that you actually could have figured it out like uh it the solutions sometimes come out of nowhere and you're like well it doesn't really make sense but that wasn't the pleasure of the show but th- uh so it's interesting to see from the other side because you kind of like um not necessarily like empathize with the killer but you get to know them so much yeah. more as characters which is really fun so anyways i want to pitch a columbo style show starring who else but rusty from rusty's real deal baseball okay think- now mark I, I i love this i just want to flag it for right now this is not the last time we're going to talk about rusty from rusty's <laughs> real deal baseball i mean i think that makes sense for a game that i think neither of us played we talk about rusty from Rusty's Real Deal Baseball a lot. Um, He's perfect. <laughs> but yeah, when I was thinking of like what like world weary kind of uh, yes. disheveled like character would I want to play a Columbo esque detective in a Nintendo show? It would a hundred percent be Rusty, the retired baseball player. I was gonna say star, but I don't think that's the case. Well, and this this is something that's important to know about Columbo too is that well he is. Um, incredibly affable, like everything else about him is a mess. Um, he every s- crime scene that he shows up on, the other cops are like, "I'm sorry, sir, you can't come in here." And he's like, "Oh, I'm a cop." His car is like busted down. He can never button his coat right. He doesn't have a pen ever. Um, he is like your classic slob. Um, but is so charming that like the hoity-toity, like, uh, rich L.A. people that he's investigating never suspect him of being, like, smart enough to corner them in a lie. And this is exactly Rusty. I feel like to a T, 
Um, I'm kind of angry that the show will never exist because it's too perfect. Um, Because I also feel like every episode is clearly like a new mystery with like a rotating cast of Nintendo characters. So you're always going to see your favorites. And every week, it'll be a new bunch of them. A new corner of the Nintendo universe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, another another absolutely um, astounding thing about Columbo is that the only recurring cast member is Peter Falk. There's no, he doesn't have like a boss that we go see all the time. He doesn't have like a secretary. He talks about his wife, but we never meet her. Mm -hmm. Um, He has a dog that he names Dog. (laughs) Columbo's the best. He's so good. I love him so much. Well, and the fun thing about like this would be you we'd be able to visit corners of the Nintendo universe that we normally don't spend a lot of time yeah. in. Because sure, like you want to have um, a murder mystery set at Nestor's Funky Bowling Palace? Yes, absolutely. We absolutely can get there. We we want a uh, uh, an Olympus uh, murder mystery with like Pitt and Palutena. Like we can do that. We can get some Kid Icarus going. Yes. So that's my pitch for a '70s show. Uh, okay, so I just want to make sure um, that in this Rusty's Real Deal, Rusty, this Rusty show. Yeah, Rusty's Real Deal Murder. <laughs> well, that's the thing I want to confirm. Is that the crimes he's solving are murders? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. Okay, yes. all right, all yeah. right. Yeah. Um, so for my 70s show, I went back to sitcoms. Um, and one of my favorite sitcoms of all time, the Mary Tyler Moore show. Um, you know, a uh, young worm- woman working at a, a, a TV station, just trying to have it all, just trying to find her way um, in the world while being this irrepre- irrepressibly cheery human being. So this is a, a Mary Tyler Moore show set in the Mushroom Kingdom. Um, and I, I'm basically just casting the Mary Tyler Moore show with Mario characters. So here we go. Mary Tyler Moore, Mary herself, Mary Richards, will be played by Pauline. Um, the mayor of New Donk City, of course, and uh, the original um, uh, damsel in distress from Donkey Kong. Um, and her neighbor slash friend, Rhoda, will be played by Daisy. And uh, her landlady, Phyllis, will be played by uh, Rosalina. Okay, so like, there's your core is Paulina, Daisy, Rosalina. Already, great. sounds like a great show, right? The rest of the newsroom is made up as follows. Um, uh, Mario uh, is playing the Ted Baxter role, so he's the doofy news anchor. Um, Luigi is Murray, her like friend who is also a writer. Um, uh, Peach is playing Princess Peach is playing Betty White's character Sue Ann, who has like a cooking show at the at the TV station. Uh, and of course, her boss Lou Grant. Who do you think plays Pauline's boss? Donkey Kong. It's Donkey Kong is gonna play <laughs> Lou Grant. <laughs> And then, you know, so, so one of the great things about Mary Tyler Moore is that it spawned like a, a, a ton of spinoff shows, right? Like there, there was a, a Ted Baxter show. There was a, a Phyllis show, a Rhoda show and a Lou Grant show. Uh, and in the Lou Grant show, he moves to uh, uh, L.A. and solves murders. Um, but you can just imagine like Daisy can hold her own show. Rosalina totally. can hold her own show. Uh, and Donkey Kong can absolutely hold his own show. Donkey Kong sol- solving murders like I'm there for it. Um, but yeah, I just like the idea of uh, a Pauline working at a Mushroom Kingdom news station and like producing segments and like getting flustered and stuff. Yeah, because I also think you could have a lot of fun with like what the news segments in the Mushroom <laughs> yeah. Kingdom would be about. 
Um, also, you have to imagine that uh, in the opening sequence when Mary throws her hat up, um, that Pauline would do that with the hat that you collect in Donkey Kong, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, so that's, that is my 70s show. Um, my 80s show, this is where I'm going to pull in Rusty from uh, Rusty's Real Deal Baseball, a game that neither of us have played but can't stop talking about, for a, a take on Cheers. Now, one of the things that I like about Cheers is that it is the sort of quintessential found family. There's no reason that like all of these characters should be together other than the fact that they all drink at the same drink or work at the same bar. Um, and so I kind of want to take this Cheers concept and turn it into a collection of like Nintendo character rejects, right? Mm. Like uh, the characters that couldn't, that don't make the roster for Smash um, wind up at Cheers. And obviously it is owned by Rusty, who is in the Sam Malone uh, part. <laughs> of course. Former ball course. player, <laughs> right? So that's that's perfect. And then... Uh, he'll give you a real the, good deal on a drink, if you ask him. He'll give you... Yeah, you, but you have to ask him. Um, so then I was like, okay, the rest of the characters all have to... The rest of the cast has to be filled out by, like, D-list Nintendo characters, right? Um, so I got most of them, but, like, I don't have a Woody... Um, uh, and I don't have like a coach, uh, you know, if we want to use like our early season characters, but so I think, I think the Diane character, um, has to be played by Mary O who is the like help character from super Mario maker. Oh, nice. Um, she's, she's very proper. She's very helpful. Um, you don't spend enough time with her to know that she's probably secretly really judgmental of the This is the Shelly Long character, right? Yes. Correct. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, so we will have to endure a, a romance between Rusty and Mary O. I apologize. <laughs> um, but uh, Cliff, the mailman, can be um, the, the running man from um, the Legend of Zelda series. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Norm is going to be Stanley the Bugman from uh, Donkey Kong 3. Um, Carla is, of course, going to be the Nintendo Badge Arcade Bunny. Um, and Frasier is going to be Dr. Shrunk from Animal Crossing. Um <laughs> Are you familiar with Dr. Shrunk? No. <laughs> He's an axolotl, <laughs> which is that like weird salamander thing with like little like face phalange. I'm looking him up right now. He's very weird looking. Um, oh, but, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you All recognize right. him now. Got it. Yep. <laughs> but that's our Frasier. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't, I don't have a, I don't have a Woody and I don't know if you have like a, a quick, easy Ooh. pitch for who, who could be the Woody there. Not off the top of my head. Um, and I think that's okay. We maybe don't even need a Woody. This is a pretty crazy cast. Um, and you know, one of the things I like about Cheers is that it is so frequently a um, like self-contained um, little drama, right? Like everything happens basically in that bar, um, especially for the first couple seasons. Like afterwards, they start venturing out into uh, apartments and whatever. Um, but they they spend so much time just in that one bar um, and like bouncing these insane personalities off of each other. I want to see how Rusty and Mario like try to get past their differences and like <laughs> work in a bar together. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, you really, as an audience member, really w- are rooting for them. I mean, that's that's the hardest part. That's the hardest sell of this. Is <laughs> <laughs> and look, I look the uh, there. There's almost no way people have been trying to recreate the chemistry between uh, those actors uh, between Ted, Ted Danson and Shelley Long since 1982 when this show premiered right 
Um, so like, look, if if we if we get anywhere near that with Rusty and Mary, I'll I'll be happy. I love it. Um, so my pitch for the eighties is a Golden Girls style sitcom starring yes. the Grand Dames of Nintendo. But here's the problem. I have yes, Patrick's making an inquisitive face, and I agree. Yes. Like, I um, <laughs> yeah, not a lot, not a lot, ton of old lady characters um in Nintendo. So here is what I have come up with. But I am open to better ideas. I love so. It. Wrinkly Kong as like the Rose character, um, mm-hmm. kind of like the airhead. Impa from Breath of the Wild, so old Impa okay. as Dorothy, yep. the um, a sarcastic one. Okay, here's where maybe harder, harder sell. Birdo as Blanche. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The uh, sexually like aggressive that. one, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, Gruntilda from uh, <laughs> Banjo Kazooie is sure. Sophia. <gasps> okay. What about? Hold on. I've, I've got a. I've got a, an, an alt pitch for Sophia. Okay. There. Great. Um, what about the uh, the grandma from um, Wind Waker? The grandma from Wind. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. I like yeah. that a lot. Yeah. Okay. And then um, for Stanley, who's Dorothy's ex-husband, uh, I'm pitching the great Deku tree from Ocarina of Time, primarily because mm-hmm. he has a mustache, like um, Stanley has a mustache. Yeah, yeah. But right. uh, I believe in the Deku tree's ability to um, have chemistry with Impa. So that's my Look, pitch. The, the, Deku, the Deku tree is like uh, Scarlett Johansson. He can play anything. <laughs> And I, I honestly wouldn't change much else about it. Uh, it would mm-hmm. still be, they're all living in Miami, um, you know, just having a good time. Uh, but I would love to just see Wrinkly Kong, Impa, Birdo, Gruntilda, or um, the grandma from Wind Waker and the Deku Tree just kind of hanging out, having hijinks. Yeah, I really like the idea of like an, an old horny Birdo. For whatever reason, that's, <laughs> that's really funny to me. I like it a lot. So like, and Birdo, I felt like I could get away with because we don't know what Birdo's deal is. Like, how old is Birdo? Birdo could be very old. Whereas I feel like Yoshi gives off a more juvenile behavior. I do not totally, get that vibe yeah. from Birdo. No, Birdo has like realized herself, right? Like there's, there's some like work being done on the person that is Birdo. Yeah, for yes, sure. Yes, exactly. Okay, so that's um, great. My... I, I I love it. I, I I didn't I didn't weigh in. I, I love it. I think that's very good. <laughs> okay, so my pitch for a '90s show. Um, so what I have in mind is like a Stargate or Babylon Five kind of, um, Ooh. like sci-fi show that you would see on his reruns on the Sci-Fi Channel. Uh, and so here is like the cast and some of the archetypes that I think that they could fill. Um, okay. Some of it is, you know, like it's borrowed a little bit from uh, Star Trek. It's borrowed a little bit from like Stargate, from Babylon Five. So yeah, but you're saying like the the like TNG slash Deep Space Nine era of of Star Trek. Um, even a little Voyager. Yeah, yeah, like it's a little like a little bit because I mean I'm not gonna lie, I'm not like a Star Trek expert by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, oh, and neither am I. <laughs> and so this is purely just like uh, when I think of Star Trek, I think of <laughs> these tropes. So Star Trek makes me think of <laughs> exactly yes. So 
I think we want to see Professor Egad um, yeah. as a chief engineer. We want to see Rosalina as the captain. I think Rosalina would be an amazing <laughs> captain on one of these shows. She's a total Janeway, for sure. <laughs> now, going back to the original Star Trek, because I, I think of the Wii Fit instructor as like a Spock-like, logical hmm. character. I think this, the species that is Wii Fit instructors... <laughs> I think I they're mean, very calm. I think they're very centered. I think they're very logical. Mm-hmm. She's basically data. I mean, just looking at her, <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. She's basically data. Yeah, that's true. I think Isabel would be there, um, kind of as like the helmsman, and uh, I think Urbosa is the heavy. So Urbosa from Breath of the Wild is like right. uh, combat She's ready. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's cool. I, I was not expecting a sci-fi mashup. Uh, that, <laughs> that's rad. D- does this have a place, uh, or, or is there a place for, and maybe these are like crossover over episodes or like the different worlds that they visit where we'll meet like Samus Aran and like Metroids or like the yeah, Star totally. Fox guys. And yes. Yeah. yeah. I think, and for sure we want to go whatever to wherever like F-Zero takes place. Like and they're like tisk tisking about how fast it's everybody's Earth. going. It's Earth. It's they they do it on Earth. <laughs> it is a cold, bleak future in in F Zero. Well, that that sounds like a fun show. I'd watch that. Yeah, and when it's sweeps week, that's when all the uh, the crossovers happen. When they got to juice the ratings a little bit. I love it. Um, my '90s show, and look, I was thinking about this '90s show, uh, and I. This is the one of my six ideas that I think is genuinely a good idea, and I think it is a crime that no one is making this happen right now. Mark, this is a revival of Beavis and Butthead, but Beavis and Butthead are Wario and Waluigi, and (laughs) so they go on their like little adventures, but that only takes up like 10 minutes or so of the show. The rest of the time, they're sitting at home on their couch watching video game trailers and making fun of them (laughs) just like beavis and butthead used to watch music videos and make fun of them it's the exact same formula but with wario and waluigi that is such a good idea oh that's and they they can be gross they live in a house together and you're like how are these two people living together how old are they do they have jobs um it'll it's it it is perfect and i don't know why it doesn't exist (laughs) that's too that's too good. I'm glad that we're that you are at least putting it out into the universe in some form, um, right. because that is, that is an idea who need it needs wings to soar. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And so we're just wishing it some wings. I want a Beavis and Butthead, Wario and Waluigi. That's my '90s show. My 2000s show. Uh, this is one where I could not I could not stay in the in the sitcom format, even in the comedy format. I gots to do me a lost style show. Ooh, um, love it. And it, look, so here's, I, w- I want the first couple episodes, minus the smoke monster, to be almost exactly the way Lost <laughs> is. The same characters crash landing on an island, but over time and patiently, because Lost was patient in doling out its mysteries, uh, there are no others. There's no Dharma initiative. What there is on this island is... Uh, another person who's been shipwrecked there, who is, of course, 
a uh, baseball playing kid from Seattle, Mike <laughs> Jones, is explore Mike from Star Tropics is exploring the the islands here, um, and all the weird stuff that's going on is the result of Zoda and the two different a- warring alien factions. And we just teased those mysteries out over the course of six years with an international cast having amazing flashbacks of their lives off island. And then like Mike is in there and Mike is like our uh, Desmond-esque guide character being like, I've been here for years and I've been fighting these octopuses with a yo-yo forever. Uh, this is, of course, amazing. I want to make sure that I'm doing justice to this. So I want to make sure I understand exactly yeah. what you're saying. So, like, Matthew Fox, Evangeline Lilly, like, they are yeah. still playing the characters that they play. Like, none of yes. that changes. Um, Jack, Kate, Sawyer, Locke, Boone, they're all, Saeed, uh, Charlie, Hurley, everyone's there. Son, Jin, everyone. Everyone's there. Um, is it like a, a, a Who Framed Roger Rabbit type situation where, like, Mike Jones comes strolling out of the bushes and he's, you know, like... <laughs> No, I don't think so. I think I think like you cast an actor to play. Got it. The, the, Got that, it. that that kid that's been playing Archie on uh, Riverdale, he can be our Mike Jones, um, <laughs> just like a ripped redhead <laughs> coming in. <laughs> We're like, I guess you can still play high school. <laughs> that's I yeah. So I, I I don't envision it being like I you cast the Star Tropics parts. Yes, to, I see. Mm-hmm. Uh, to to be realistic yeah yeah i i think this is a great idea and i think like inevitably it would lead to a like ending for lost that everybody is satisfied with i mean it's gotta people love star tropics so why why would they not love the ending of a lost and star tropics mashup it's very good um so my pitch for a early 2000s show is a modern family-esque like sitcom but it is starring our mushroom kingdom fam in various like uh uh configurations so you have bowser the single gay dad who's raising bowser jr you Uh have mario who's like a blue collar plumber who's married to an actual princess but they're trying to make it work like if you think about this you're like oh my goodness (laughs) like this this would be tough like these people Mm -hmm. have a lot that they have to work through even if they love each other not to mention mario's ex-wife pauline just like hanging around in the neighborhood um yoshi and birdo are new foster parents who just welcome baby mario to their home and if they stop touching him for 10 seconds he dies like that's a lot of responsibility yeah and i think like it gives us a real taste of like what real mushroom kingdom families are like (laughs) i love this uh because look one of the things that we never truly understand and you and i have dug into the mushroom kingdom a lot probably more than most people right trying to actually understand what's happening there. And for all the things that we do understand, the one thing that we will never really wrap our heads around is what the day-to-day life of a family in the Mushroom Kingdom is like. Right. Uh, but this, this, can, this can solve that. It show real stories that people experience. Exactly. Mario, a blue-collar plumber, you know, trying to make it work with royalty. Like, that's, yeah, that's tough. You know, these are stories that everybody can relate to. Oh, and then like his brother comes to visit and it's like the blue collar guys start to like outnumber the royalty and it's like, oh no, the the, the balance has, has shifted. I mean, I feel like that's happening to me every week. This is the kind of reality that I like crave in television. 
Now, let me ask you this. Are you at all concerned that uh, both Mario and Baby Mario are characters on this show? No, because Nintendo's not. Yeah, I mean, that's true. And it it, it means that we are then uh, giving up our use of, of the Mario Baby Mario for some sort of like Big Bang Theory young Sheldon situation, right? <laughs> that is a really, that's a really good point because I, I'm going to roll right into my um, Do it. shows for the 2010s and it is a big bang theory style Whoa! sitcom. Uh, and so I wish that I would have uh, thought of this but I did not so but I am bringing back professor egad except it's a young again hot, <laughs> it's a young hot professor egad so so it's it's young egad but in the time of big bang theory yes yeah exactly. got, it, got it got it yeah yeah so basically what I'm doing I'm proposing a scenario where uh, Egad, probably of an, in a time machine of his own making, like goes back in time, is now young and hot, and gets cast on Big Bang Theory, a uh, Big mm. Bang Theory esque show. Right, 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 right. So is is he playing like the Sheldon part, or is someone else playing the Sheldon part? Well, here's the thing: Mike Jones from can, Star can Tropics we... is my Sheldon. Whoa! I was gonna say, uh, do we dare even take that part away from Jim Parsons? Like, <laughs> wait, I actually like how, that's how a great dare idea. We? <laughs> no, that's that is such a good point. That's such a good point. So, it, uh, all of the other roles will be played by Nintendo characters, except for Sheldon, who remains, <laughs> remains Jim Parsons. Jim Parsons. <laughs> yeah, I, that really only makes the most sense. Um, some other characters I thought that could be in here, uh, like Mike Jones from Star Tropics, I. Uh, Bowser Jr. I think would make a good fit for this like mix. Um, the other one is Tails from Sonic the Hedgehog, who when I was looking up like uh, inventors or scientific Nintendo characters, sure, he's one of yeah. the very few that goes to the top of uh, the Google search results. <laughs> and then, like um, and then like the uh, for the female counterparts, you of course have Samus Aran, uh, Princess Daisy, and Min Min from Arms. Why Min Min? Um, because I thought it would be fun to include her. That's good. Some arms representation is always good. Uh, which I guess leads us now to my 2010s show and our final um, sitcom that we are going to be pitching here. Um, Mark, uh, I, you know, we're looking out over the uh, sort of vast Nintendo catalog here, and there is one property that we have not represented at all, and that is, of course, Splatoon. Um, so, like, what kind of show is about uh, young people uh, trying to make their way in uh, uh, an urban area? I am, of course, pitching a girls, but the girls are Inklings from Splatoon. <laughs> and just do, like, the exact same show, right? <laughs> Where they're, they're all, like, young and insecure and having too much sex and taking baths in front of each other um and it's j but they're just squid kids <laughs> i mean i i am perfection i i don't really have anything to add and uh, it's i mean it's 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 my only like one line pitch where it's just girls but the girls are inklings and, the and i think this is another one where like adam driver's still in it absolutely and everyone else is everything else is computer generated except for adam driver who's still there and they still call him adam like that is still his character's name too you just can't there are some things you can't mess with adam driver and jim parsons those are those are the only things you can't canonical mess with. um all right well so the, 
These are the TV shows that we came up with to mash up with uh, video game characters, Nintendo characters specifically. But if you have any that spring to your mind or any that live, uh, as the kids say, rent free in your head, uh, please let us know. Email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Gmail and we can talk about them uh, later. All right, Mark, let's close this out. Okay, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, you can share it on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you share stuff. We appreciate it when you do. It helps people find the show. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell. And the show is at Nincart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8 Betty. You can get more of his music by going to 8BitBetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying thank you for listening. Ever wanted to hear from the neighbor at 9 Cloverfield Lane? Or what if I told you that Dr. Loomis's worst patient wasn't Michael Myers? I'm Adam Peacock, host of the podcast My Neighbors Are Dead. Join me each week as I talk to the lesser-known characters from your favorite horror films. Each week is an all-new, fully improvised journey into the unknown, featuring friends and luminaries from the worlds of comedy, horror, and beyond. New episodes every Tuesday on Campfire Media. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Campfire.